Welcome back to Connections. I'm Mike Tom with Colleen Hood. Today we continue our discussion with Cody Bates. He's an author and an evangelist, but that wasn't always the case. That's right. Before finding Jesus, Cody lived a life of crime, caught up in drugs and violence. But as we heard yesterday, when he was at his lowest, he had an encounter with Jesus that changed his life. We'll pick up the rest of that story next on Connections. Today is part two of our conversation with Cody Bates. He's an evangelist and an author, but he used to be a drug dealer and lived a life of crime until he met Jesus two years ago. And when we left off our conversation yesterday, Cody had only been sober for a week when God told him that uh, he needed to write a book, and he tells us about that. Yeah, so the book's called The Devil's Pupil, um, and it's uh, it's about uh, yeah, it's about God's relentless pursuit after my heart uh, into the deepest, darkest places. Uh, my story is to, to put it in in in, uh, in something short is uh, unthinkable. Uh, yeah. Just the amount of times I should have died from suicide, from overdoses, from uh, gang stuff, from you know, and and to come out the other side. And the the drug addiction I had was just horrendous. My health problems were out of control. Uh, God, God, God brought me out of all of it. And and like I said, by nothing that I did, uh, he uh, yeah. When he put it on my heart to start writing that book. I, he he made the way for it to happen. I found a broken laptop in my closet, <laughs> and it was missing an R key. <laughs> no battery, so I had the cord. So I had the cord sticking out of my blanket, <laughs> under, under my blankets, finger pecking my way to victory. Uh, and I had no word program, so they uh, I had to like there was no spell check, <laughs> so they, I had to copy paste my 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 notepad to my email to spell check it and copy paste it back, <laughs> chapter after chapter, <laughs> and uh, and I just wow. you know and as I'm writing though it's just like if you'd seen me you wouldn't think a cohesive thought was going through yeah my right head. Yeah. Uh, but. But the, the, the words that were going on the page were just, you know, just, uh, I didn't know I could write. Well, I started to read it like uh, it sucked me in right away. Yeah. It just I think a lot of people, maybe we don't know somebody in our lives that's as far gone as you were, but mm-hmm. we all know people that are gone, right? Yeah, and we can yeah. all relate in the, to the story in some way. Man, that's, and that's who this is book for. book is for. You know, like Mark 2.17 says, you know, it's not the healthy you need a doctor, but the sick. I did yeah. not come call the righteous but sinners. My book is meant for Christians to be encouraged, uh, but this is this book's for the lost. This book's for the, for your friends or family that 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 don't know Jesus. Or perhaps maybe think they, you know, they're, you know, living kind of a, a lukewarm gospel and, uh, and need something deeper. But this is, uh, at the end of my book, there's a prayer, uh, to, to, to say out loud, to give your life to Jesus, invite Jesus into your heart. Uh, so, you know, so my, the value in my book isn't how many copies it sells for the, for the dollar value. It's how many people read that prayer at yeah. the back. That's the value. That's the kingdom value. And, uh, and yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's and it's a very, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a decent, it's a, it's a book. It's 398 pages. Yeah, it's a good size book. <laughs> and, uh, and it's, uh, and I go very deep into just, yeah, by the end of the book, you get a really deep grasp of how there is no way out for this guy. It's, it's, he's done. He's toast. And, uh, and God shatters all the impossibilities. And, <laughs> well, yeah. And, yeah. uh, and just, and, and just, and rose me from the ashes. Now today, um, after I, I ended up getting baptized, uh, and uh, you know, after I got baptized, God 
put me to work right after that. I had an elderly, elderly, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Couple come up to me afterwards. They're like, "We brought God brought us here to hear you speak because you know our son's a meth addict." Mm. And uh, they're like, "We usually go to a different church, but he's sleeping for the first time in days, and so we just came to the closest one so wow. we can get back in time before he wakes up." And he's like, "So God brought us here to hear you. Will you speak to him?" And uh, this was like right after I came out of the river. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, that's what God saved me for. And I. And I remember going and talk to him, and uh, and he knew exactly what it was. He'd read all the newspapers, and uh, yeah, just warning you, Google is like not my friend, <laughs> although it's coming around. <laughs> but uh, they, uh, we, uh, I, I talked to him, and uh, and he and he he knew exactly what it was. So he thought his parents hired me to kill him. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but you know, that's 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 drug addiction. Yeah, you know, like he he walked. Well, there's away. always paranoia, yeah, right? Well, and... he walked away with me, willing in his mind, willingly walking to his execution, thinking he was doing his parents a favor. Yeah, just like that day with me on the floor with my knife in the wrist, thinking about my kid and yeah. thinking, let this be the one good thing. Like that's that's drug addiction. Like I love my son; he loves his family, you know. But it's just when you're in so much pain, that addiction is so painful. It's it's hard to see past it. Yeah, you know. And, and you did die. You died to sin that day, right? Yeah. And it's one of the things Cody have noticed with addicts is how many do you meet every addict that you meet they think they're too far gone there's no hope for any of them almost every single one right like you know they oh they're always plagued with that excuse because yeah. they you know because they're living you know in in their world you know there's it's, you know that nobody could be experiencing what i'm experiencing because this is awful yeah and, you know but but man yeah there's so many like god is the chain breaker the redeemer he's the creator of all things you know he can do whatever he can and take that, care of that, you yeah that guy that guy the guy that I brought to my house on the sixth day, uh, he, I watched darkness turn to light in a split transforming moment with him. Uh, and this guy was a hopelessly lost meth addict for five years. And, uh, and, and, and yeah, he, uh, just in a, in a moment where he was, Wanting me to meet his drug dealer and talking about meth all the time, and I got really frustrated with him. <laughs> I'm like, look, I'm like, you might, you might need to die, man. You know, you might, you might need to even worse than death. You might, you might need to come upstairs every single morning and see the shame and pain and guilt in your parents' face every single day for the next five years, knowing that you were downstairs doing drugs in their basement all night, maybe because that's way worse than death. And uh, and and he started crying, and he goes downstairs, and I go upstairs. I'm frustrated. I'm like, God, you know, this is a horrible first one. What are you doing here? <laughs> like, you know, and I uh. Uh, you know, thought maybe I bit off more than I could chew. Maybe, maybe this isn't what God wants me to do. Yeah. And then, and then in a split transforming moment, like the day on the floor, God gave me eyes to see Kim the way Jesus sees him. Uh, and I just got filled with this, this surge of energy and, and love. And, and I told my family, I'm like, let's go, you know what? We're not giving up on this guy. Let's go downstairs and give him a hug. Let's love him. And we went downstairs, even my dad, even my dad. And we all went downstairs, all my, my whole family walked in and just wrapped him up in a hug. Uh, he was laying on the bed crying and, uh, and like even my dad, like we're all in the dark, just holding him and just loving him as big as possible. And, and uh, we were just laying there for like 20 minutes hugging him and uh and after that my family goes upstairs and me and him go outside and i'm telling him i'm like i don't know if uh if this if if this is going to work man but make this your stand you need to invite jesus in jesus did everything and i didn't do anything you know you have to invite him in you just gotta say yes and he and he looks at me and it's the first time i've seen his eyes since since since, since he went since he was crying and he says i just was I was asking God to huh. show me what love feels like wow. right as your family came in and darkness turned to light. I thought maybe I was special. 
Nope. <laughs> God wants all of his lost sheep. He can do it for anybody. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so after that, I got ignited. <laughs> I, I, like, you know, I was like, whoa, like, Jesus wants to do this for everybody. See, and in a lot of people know the verse Jeremiah 29, 11 for I know the plants free that I have, right? But mm-hmm. after that, God says to the people of Israel, You'll come and pray to me, and I'll show myself to you when mm-hmm. you seek me with a whole heart, right? Yes, when you yes. quit trying to, Amen. you know, uh, compromise everything. Yeah, yeah. And you see that over and over again, Amen, right? When brother. people the furthest gone come to God with a whole heart, he shows up and shows himself to them, right? So good, man. Yeah. I mean, like, God tends to recruit from the pit, right? Yeah. And, you know, and and that's, uh, you know, like, you look at Saul, you look at Peter, you look at Matthew, you know, you like, you know, guys that are all just sinners, super sinners, Saul. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, they, uh, and, uh, you know, and the guy wrote 60% of the New Testament. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, and uh, like, after that, after that, I, uh, I can't believe it. Everybody needs to know about Jesus. <laughs> you know, I'm, like, I'm like, wow, everybody needs to know about this. And, you know, I'm like, where is a high uh, population of drug addicts so I can show everybody how awesome Jesus is? And then I, I, I decided to go to East Hastings. And, oh, uh, yeah, 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 in Vancouver. And, you know, East Hastings, for the, for the listeners, uh, East Hastings is uh, thousands, of just a, a population of thousands of homeless prostitution, crime, drug addiction, uh, like you kind of picture like an alley or a street. Like we're talking 20 straight blocks of tents and drug addiction, like just the cr- absolute craziness. Um, three people die a day down yeah. on East Hastings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's just, it's constant. And I remember, I remember when God put East Hastings on my heart, I was like, well, can't we start with the mustard seed or something? <laughs> you know, like, you know, nope. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, all right, well, I'll go. I'll I said yes. And, uh, when I went down there, I was less than a year sober. Uh, I had 400 Bibles. I had, uh, I raised uh, about $7,000, uh, just from family and friends that I just said, told them what I was doing. And I went down there and I remember standing on the corner of my box of Bibles. And looking around and just like chaos around me, I was like, "Oh man, what did I, what did I, what did I do?" <laughs> what I'm like, you know what? But but Jesus, he was the greatest evangelist in the world. And what he did is he washed the feet of his disciples. Right? If anyone was ever in a position of power and authority, say, "You need to listen to me." Uh, it was him, and that's not what he did. He wanted a different kind of relationship, a different kind of influence with us. He earned earned our trust. Uh, and if anyone was ever in a position to say, you know, to not have to to skip that part. It was him, and that's not what he did. Uh, so I really reeled in what I was capable of doing when I went down there. Um, you know, I, I, I know that I can't save anybody. I can only, I can only plant the seeds. God has to provide the harvest. So my goal down there was to plant as many seeds as possible by washing feet. So my goal down there was to plant as many seeds as possible by washing feet and serving as many people as possible. Not literally washing so, feet. So what, <laughs> yeah, what does that look like? What does washing the feet of drug addicts and homeless and hopeless you look know like? What, what so, do we do? How yeah, do we- so when I went down there, I just started asking people, you know, can I get you food? Can I get you coffee? Uh, can I get you a sleeping bag? Can I go get you a tent? Hey, if I get you a tent, will you have a Bible study with me in it? Uh, <laughs> just, I got so creative down there. Just, you know, I would flip over a table and just set up coffee and I would serve people and you know like I got I got videos of me going uh, through the alleys at, at two in the morning like and these are like freaky alleys <laughs> and uh, and everybody knew my name <laughs> walking through they're all saying hi to me as they're shooting their stuff up and you know they just they got to know like I started building relationships down there and uh, you know you're never going to be ministering to somebody and have them get up and be like uh, you know a year from now you know what you said is really going to help me 
but it does happen. So that's our, our job is just to keep planting the seeds and keep praying. Um, the first guy I talk to, and this is crazy, the first guy I talk to is you guys, he's got a big knife and a big piece of wood. He's hacking away at it. You know, because that's what they do down in Hastings. They make arts and crafts. <laughs> but but uh, I'm just not even kidding. And then they sell it. <laughs> but he's hacking away at a piece of wood. And uh, I don't know what it was about that guy, but he caught my attention. I'm looking at him, and, and, and I knew that God led me to him. And I asked him if I wanted to go out or if he wanted to go for food. And he said yes. And, uh, and we go out, and we ended up going into the skate park. And as we walk into the skate park, um, I'm, he's telling me, he's like, you know what? He's like, a week ago, I was face down in the mud in Pigeon Park asking God to help me. He's like, and I'm like, oh, and I just, and I poured my heart out to him. I, sh- I showed him a picture of me from my using, uh, you know, I showed him some of my newspaper clippings to kind of prove my credibility, <laughs> you know, of yeah. where I come from and how dark it was for me. Yeah. Uh, and, and he ended up giving his life to Jesus down there. He's the first guy I talked to. Um, I ended up speaking to probably six or 700 people over a 10 day period down there by myself, just pounding pavement, uh, just being the hands and feet. And that guy came out of there with me. Uh, so <laughs> he came out of there with me. Uh, the following year, I did my Christmas on Hastings project again for the second annual one. I ended up bringing a hundred volunteers with me, uh, and uh, taking over a church for the whole 10 days and just, and it, it got really big this last year. But Carl is the guy that came out of there with me when came back with me over a year sober now today since, incredible. since the day he gave his life to jesus yeah so the guy the guy that i brought to detox my house he's sober today you know like i'm sober like jesus i've, I've watched just miraculous transformations you know carl was homeless on two years with a heroin and meth addiction this guy was as far gone as you could get he, he provides so much hope to so many people today you know and that's the god we serve avery's testimony uh really encompasses the the, the, the the essence of the Avery projects. Avery uh, calls me up and he uh, he's like uh, he's addicted to heroin and he's like I need you to pick me up and help me. I will do anything. And I said yes. I'm li- I live in Cologne. He lives in Calgary. I'm like I'm coming to get you right now. Um, and I don't know what it was but I'm like something something in my heart. I know it's Jesus now. Uh, in my heart I, I I picked up the phone, I called him back, and I, and I asked him to give his life to Christ with me over the phone, just, you know, just in case. Um, and he did. And when I, when I was about halfway to Calgary, I got a call from his girlfriend saying he passed away on the last kneel he did. Wow. Uh, so, and, and he gave his life to Jesus, just, you know, not that long before that. Um, God's timing is perfect. So the Avery Projects really captures the essence of Avery's testimony because he, uh, uh, in the world of addiction, days, uh, hours, minutes, they matter. Uh, so with what we do with the Avery Projects, we travel the country. We just try to close the gap in addiction. We do interventions. We do street evangelism. We do uh, anything. I do uh, conferences. I speak all over the place and uh, and just share my love for Jesus with as many people as possible. And that's what the Avery Projects are all about. You'll go anywhere in Canada? I'll go anywhere in Canada. I'll go any. I'll go anywhere in the world that will let the me. Countries that will let, let me. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. And uh, and yeah. And it's just been incredible. Like we did a youth event in Winkler last night. It was uh, three. 300, 300 youth and uh, and man the worship uh, in that room the spirit just flown over that room was just absolutely incredible I couldn't get to sleep last night <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
What do yeah. you say somebody listening right now that that's where you were and maybe they're even sitting in a prison right now listening no. to this show, right? Yeah. And yeah. what do you say? Uh, what I would say is never stop praying. Um, I, uh, my, my biggest thing, and especially for people that have loved ones that they don't know how to help them, um, never stop praying. They, uh, God, I, I didn't get saved in an altar or on a ch- in a church. God came and met me right where I was on the floor with a knife in my wrist, you know, and his timing was like five seconds later, it would have been too late. You know, his yeah. timing was perfect. His timing with Avery was perfect. So, you know, he, he wants to break those chains. He just needs you to say yes. And that's a, you know, I implore you to just say yes to Jesus. You know, he's alive. He's here. He's well. And, uh, and he's moving right now in some big ways. Tell us uh, how we can find out about you and get in touch with you and get The Devil's Pupil, that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, so The Devil's Pupil is available at Chapters, Indigo, Amazon. Uh, if they don't have it in the store, you can order it right off the kiosk, save on shipping. Uh, <laughs> you could also go to my website at www.codybates.com. Uh, my website uh, has a – you can contact me uh, over my website too if uh, you want to invite me to come in and speak at the church. Um, I try – I. I I I have an, an honorarium that I like uh, that uh, yeah. that uh, that I uh, that I ask for, but I never let it be a barrier. Right. So if uh, uh, money will never be a barrier, the lawyer the Lord pays me. So if uh, one you know one place blesses me, you know a, a little bit extra on the last one, and the next place can't bless me at all, I'll never let that stop me. Yeah. <laughs> and so, small church, yeah, small, yeah, small church, small community. And... Just send me, you know I I can I'm traveling so much that uh, I can always uh, just piggyback a trip on someone else's trip. Uh, don't hesitate. Like you know, nowhere is too small. Nowhere is too far. Uh, I I serve the Lord. Such a powerful story, and yeah, like he said, he loves to serve the Lord. You can find out more about Cody on the connections page at your radio station's website. We'll talk to you tomorrow.